0: Welcome everyone, I'm Steve Spalding, and this is another episode of Steve Reed's Stories. On tonight's podcast, we'll be looking at a love letter written between novelist and short story writer Franz Kafka and Felice Bauer. In the world of odd romances, this one rates somewhere in the top 10%, I'm sure. Felice and Franz met in Prague on August 13th, 1912, at a dinner party put on by his friend Max Brod. To call it love at first sight would be... inaccurate. In his diary a week later, Franz describes Felice as follows. Bony, empty face that wore its emptiness openly. Bare throat. A blouse thrown on. Looked very domestic in her dress, although, as it turned out, she by no means was. Almost broken nose. Blonde, somewhat straight, unattractive hair strong chin. Yet, soon after, he was sending her almost daily letters, and by July of 1913 had proposed marriage to her. Not for the last time. Kafka preferred to keep their romance at a distance. The few times they did meet, mostly for proposals. He was disinterested and withdrawn, seemingly disappointed in the actual flesh and blood Felice. The two were forced apart once and for all in 1917, when Kafka began manifesting symptoms of the tuberculosis that would eventually kill him. Felice would later go on to marry Moritz Marisse, a banker in Berlin. They had two children, moved to Switzerland to escape the Nazis, and finally settled in the United States in 1931. Over 500 letters from this period have survived sold by Felice in 1955 due to financial troubles from an illness, and they were published in a book, Letters to Felice, by Elias Canati. This is one of them. I hope you enjoy. Dearest F, in your last letter, how long have I sat motionless over that word, wishing you were here? There is a sentence that is fairly clear to me from every angle. This hasn't happened for a long time. It concerns the apprehensions you feel about sharing life with me. You don't think, or perhaps you merely wonder whether, or perhaps you merely want to hear my views about it, that in me you will find the vital support you undoubtedly need. There is nothing straightforward I can say to that. I may also be too tired just now, I had to wait for your telegram until 5 p.m. Why? What's more, contrary to your promise, I had to wait as long as 24 hours for your letter. Why? And, far beneath my tiredness, too happy to hear about your letter. It is late evening. I won't be able to write of the most important matters today. The exact information you want about me, dearest F, I cannot give you. I can give it to you, if at all, only when running along behind you in Tergarten, you always on the point of vanishing altogether, and I on the point of prostrating myself, only when thus humiliated more deeply than any dog, am I able to do it. When you pose that question now, I can only say, I love you, F, to the limits of my strength, in this respect, you can trust me entirely. But for the rest, F. I do not know myself completely. Surprises and disappointments about myself follow each other in endless succession. What I hope is that these surprises and disappointments will be mine alone. I shall use all of my strength to see that none but the pleasant the pleasantest of surprises of my nature will touch you. I can vouch for this, but what I cannot vouch for is that I shall always succeed. How could I vouch for that in view of the bewildering confusion in my letters which you have been receiving from me all this time? We haven't been together much, it's true, but even if we had been together a great deal, I would have asked you, for that would then have been impossible to do to judge me by my letters, and not by your personal experience. The potentialities latent in my letters are equally latent in me, the bad as well as the good. Personal experience robs one of perspective, and in my particular case, to my disadvantage. Moreover, I believe that this immaturity of mine these possibly happy, possibly unhappy fluctuations of my nature, need not be in any way decisive for your future happiness with me. You needn't be directly exposed to their effect. You are not dependent on others, F. You may long to, or rather you certainly long to become dependent, but you would hardly give in to that kind of longing indefinitely. You couldn't do it. To your final question, however, whether it is possible for me to take you as though nothing had happened, I can only say that it is not possible. What is possible, and in fact necessary, is for me to take you with all that has happened, and to hold on to you to the point of delirium. Kindest regards. Yours, Franz K. Steve Reads Stories is produced by me, Steve Spaulding. If you like what you've heard, take a moment to rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps. You can also follow us at StoriesCast on Twitter. Or if you're feeling particularly generous, support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com backslash Steve Spaulding. No you. Thanks as always for the support, and I hope you'll join me again next time.